Welcome to The Web We Weave, a podcast created by us, students in David Morgan's new media writing class at Emory University. Each week this semester, we will explore the emerging set of protocols and cultural practices that have evolved around new technologies. How big is this new media universe? What are its limits? Who participates in it and why? How does it spread, converge, and form and obscure? And is it really all that different from the old media that has been tossed aside? In this postmodern, post-structuralist, post-truth period, many critics have resisted grand narratives or stable definitions in response to such questions. So each week, we will examine one publication that seems to be doing something interesting. Over the course of these 16 episodes, we hope to untangle the narratives a bit and decide where we are now. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Janet. In today's episode of The Web We Weave, we will be discussing the website How Stuff Works. How Stuff Works is a commercial website offering free educational information about almost anything and everything. Um, it was founded in 1998 by Marshall Bryan, and at the time it was just a hobby for him to post instructional videos about literally how stuff works. However, in the beginnings of How Stuff Works, the focus was primarily on science, machines, mathematics, and gadgets, but looking at it now, there are more diverse topics available to suit almost anyone's interest. They are an award-winning source of unbiased, reliable, and easy-to-understand answers and explanations, and over the years, the website has gained popularity, and its growing fan base has required How Stuff Works to transition from a hobby into a full-fledged business venture. HowStuffWorks is not only a website, but their platform extends to phone applications and their YouTube channel. They have about 300 million visitors on their website each month, and their YouTube channel has about 57,000 subscribers, and their interactive phone app has articles, podcasts, quizzes, and videos, just like the website. So Ruth, I was just wondering what audience they were targeting. I've been on this website a couple times looking at it just for the podcast and I haven't been on it before so I'm not too familiar but it just seemed like there was a lot of random information on like every topic. From what I've gathered their audience is not targeted towards anyone specific like it's not targeted towards young adults or children or like people in their 30s it's targeted towards anybody who's interested into learning something new or satisfying their curiosity about anything. So one article that I searched the other day or looked into the other day was why isn't Wednesday pronounced the way it's spelled? Like if you're interested in something like that, you mm-hmm. can go on how stuff works. So what you're saying is just like it's targeted towards a general audience, like not a specific age group and like whoever wants to find out like like literally how something works could go on this website. Basically, yes, but anybody who can speak or understand English, which is kind of not accessible or accommodating to people who might be interested in the website but can't speak English. According to their frequently asked page, they are exploring the possibility of translating their site from their articles, videos, quizzes into other languages, but they're not granting permission to external parties to translate their content. I understand why they wouldn't allow like external parties to do that, but the site has been up for like 19 years now, so I think it's time to make their platform more accommodating and accessible to people who speak different languages. Is there like a specific theme of information, or can anyone who wants to know about a random topic find what they're looking for on how stuff works? Yes, so pick like a random thing. What about like, like something like, do fish sleep? Yeah, so yeah, they have a category called animals, and I was looking at it just today actually. So. 
Within their animal category, they'll have subcategories like pets, wildlife animals, animal facts, endangered species, and extinct animals. And within those subcategories will be further subcategories. So if you're interested in something within like the animal realm, like you could check out that. They also have adventure, auto, culture, entertainment, health, home and garden, lifestyle, money, science, tech, videos, shows and quizzes as other categories that you could look further into if you're interested. And I think their website is extremely organizational. It's easy to find what you're looking for if you're looking for anything in specific or look for some random topic. But if you still can't find something that you're looking for, there's a search bar. I know for myself, like when there's like a lot of topics like this, if I'm curious about something and like I see something else on that article, I'll like click on it and it'll just like lead me down a black hole and I'll just like keep clicking on more mm-hmm. articles. Do you think that like this site would also make people more curious or like make them a better citizen or more knowledgeable, I guess? Um, for me, a better citizen, I'm not sure, but I know it does spark my curiosity. So after looking at something like an article on, on how stuff works, I was looking at how foreign accent syndrome works like mm-hmm. I've never heard of foreign accent syndrome have yeah. you what is it? so yeah I haven't so I looked at it was actually a podcast so I was listening to it and after listening to that I watched another um, video about why do people dream so yeah it does in, like entice your curiosity and I think that's a good thing yeah I feel like most of these articles are so random and I probably would never think to ask some of these questions so like is there like one person behind this website that thinks of these topics or is it like a team like how does this work so yeah you can find random topics but the website is extremely organizational and i was looking into like how you can work for how stuff works so on howstuffworks.com slash jobs they have their opening positions available at the moment they're looking for an audio engineer so if you're a freelance writer they're not looking for you at the moment but they do have open submissions that come occasionally and um, if you are a freelance writer hoping to work for how stuff works or to put your article up there, you have to have an extensive list of qualifications. You have to send in a resume, send in two non-fictional samples, two fictional samples, and a lot more samples of why you would be a good fit for how stuff works. So they're looking for a particular thing because um, the content on their website is it, for the most part seems legitimate and yeah. um, if you have to go through a lot of things to publish your stuff here um, you probably come or have good qualifications to begin with on the topic of content creators i actually thought how stuff works was an extension of the tv show how it's made according to wikipedia how it's made is a look behind the scenes at how everyday things are manufactured I think these two have a lot of similarities in that they both explore the mechanics of how something's made, but How Stuff Works has a variety of more topics. The distinguishing factor between these two is the platform. How It's Made is a TV series and How Stuff Works is online. Since How Stuff Works content is primarily online, you'd assume there would be more user-user interaction. However, it seems like participatory culture is limited. It's not as interactive as I I'd hope it would be. There's no visible comment section on their website or on their phone app for users to talk with each other. However, on their YouTube channel, there is a comment section, but it's still not that interactive. They have a suggestions box where you can email the content creators directly about some modification that should be on an article or in a video or in a podcast, or you could suggest topics for future content. But other than that, no user-user interaction. But 
I don't think this is a bad thing due to the nature of the website. Yeah, I think the thing that makes How Stuff Works so interesting and different is that they offer educational topics, but it's not like lynda.com. It's less about teaching you how to do a specific thing and more on explaining the mechanisms behind a variety of random topics, kind of like an online encyclopedia. And I also think that this relates to the idea that Jenkins brought up about how technology never dies. It's actually the culture around it changing. Like, we think something's new, but the underlying idea is the same. And an example of that would be, like, people went to the theater to see plays, but now people usually go to watch movies. And it's a similar idea here about how we would go to an encyclopedia if we wanted to find out more information, but now we could easily um, access, like, Google or, like, or this website, like how stuff works and find out whatever we want to know more about. Yeah, exactly how you described um, the underlining cause, topic, content available on how stuff works. When you think about it, it's not necessarily anything new. This begs the question on whether this is a shift from old media to new media entirely or just in a new form expressing old media things. I think it's a new form of sharing old media with a sprinkle of new media. It's not a total transition and that's totally fine. Um, it's a good example of convergence culture by bringing new media and old media together. Um, it's converting this media into something more accessible and available digitally. Um, it's easier to be modified and shared and that's a big component. I know it's easier for me to access it because it's online. And I, I figure and I would assume that it's easier for like the younger generation or people in this generation generally to access this content and be more um, involved and just understand more of what's going on through this platform. And, and as Jenkins describes, technology never dies and media is not entirely new. It's just the ways of sharing that media changes and there's new ways to access that media. And I think How Stuff Works is a really good example of that transitional form of old media. Thank you for listening to this week's episode about How Stuff Works with Ruth and Janet. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd like to give a special thanks to the executive producer, Professor David Morgan, and our line producer, Brian. Bye. Bye.